0: Hi, I'm Georgia Graham, and I'm a writer, editor, and pretty much retired model. This is Threads of Conversation, a show on the standard London Sometimes Radio, where I talk to creative people about their life and career, as told via clothes. Today, I'm talking to Agathe Broussel, breakout star of 2021's Palm Door winner to Tan, the film which set box offices alight around the world. I came to Paris to chat to Agathe about becoming one of France's hottest new stars and the road that led her to the role. As we're not in the London studio, please excuse the odd Parisian sound effect. Agat, welcome to the show. Hi, hello. (laughs) So let's start with your first piece. So this is the piece that reminds you of your childhood. So this is a pink denim cap uh, crimped with plastic multicolored crystals, very sort of like Von Dutch era. Oh <laughs> yes, no, it was way before that. I was maybe eight years old, so bondage mm.
1: was not around. I don't think so. And uh, no, I would just I just loved it so much because you know I would carry it around or just wear it, and uh, everywhere I would go during maybe one summer because you know I probably lost it mm. or like the crystals fell down and, uh, you know, there was not much of it at the end and I think it probably lasts for one summer but I loved it.
0: Love to death, as yes, they say. Yes. loved
1: it to death.
0: So what was your style like? So you say you were eight years old. What was your style like as a child?
1: I mean, I would just like uh, very colourful outfits. Um, I would sometimes dress like as a tall tom- tomboy and sometimes like a princess mm-hmm. and I pretty much still do that. So. <laughs>
0: And what was your childhood, where did you grow up, um, and what was your childhood like? I grew up in the north of
1: France, uh, next to Lille, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a pretty pretty nice childhood, like, until my parents divorced, Mm -hmm. and it became hell, Mm -hmm. but uh, before that, like, I had a pretty nice uh, time with my younger sister and younger brother six years um, after, and um, yeah, it was pretty yeah, I remember going to the gy- to gymnastics and uh, having a good time. And I loved going to school. I had friends. It was nice. Mm. Were
0: your parents creative? Mm,
1: no, not really. My dad is a doctor, and uh, my mom is uh, used to work in a, um in a high school.
0: Mm. And you have two siblings, so a younger sister. And... Actually, three. Mm. Uh, because the last one
1: is a sister, but she came like fourteen years after yeah. me from my mom's. Uh, New marriage.
0: Mm. So you're the eldest. I am. So you're making all the rules. I am (laughs) making all the rules, yes. And how would you say in terms of your personality, like as a kind of kid were you? Were you sort of very energetic, very loud? Were you the responsible one? Like what was the vibe? All of that. Yeah, yeah,
1: very... um, I mean, if if, like a team needed a leader, I would just, you know, announce myself (laughs) as one. Uh, I would, yeah, make the rules uh, be pretty... Uh, directive on everything and um, which pr- was probably really annoying to my friends but at least it was someone who was trying to do things and um, I was really energetic um, yeah I started doing all kinds of different sports there at a very young age just because my mom couldn't handle me so.
0: um, what were your favorite sort of, what were your favorite sports to play and what were your favorite subjects in school
1: a favorite subject was uh, French mm-hmm. uh, and English but yeah that's yeah that's it i mean i I loved everything but um mathematics because I never understood anything about mm-hmm. it or physics even worse uh, but yeah French and english and um, and sports uh, I loved doing you know the gymnastic where you use um in French, it's called GRS, but I don't know what it's called. Oh. You know, it's like when you have a uh, ribbon and uh, I always think it's
0: like pony gymnastics. So you have like ribbons <laughs> and
1: like it's a bit more. Yeah, like, it's kind <laughs> of that um, a balloon or what, yeah, like, yeah. Wh- whatever. Yeah, uh, whatever. So I, I had that, but then I played volleyball for quite a long time as a teenager, and I loved it.
0: Mm. And people often think like it's like you're either sporty or you're creative but obviously you prove that you're both mm. when would you say that you sort of started to feel that like creative itch and how did that first manifest uh, being creative yeah
1: I don't know like I would, I would you know um, work on actually work on a lot of little shows for my parents as a kid mm-hmm. uh, so I would work on them for like a few days and then present them yeah, you yeah. know the show so yeah I would do that and I would you know always I mean as a kid as all of the kids do, just like draw, and uh, I was really bad at drawing, but I would still draw, and I, I mean, probably where I was the most creative was in writing, because Mm -hmm. I started writing very early on, because I knew how to to read and to write at a very young age, and I feel like I started writing as soon as I knew how to, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, put down words,
0: Mm -hmm. And was it like poetry or songs? or I would write
1: stories, but I was pretty bad at it, so I switched to poetry, mm-hmm. which was way easier for me. Also because you know, when you're confused as you know a child or t- like young teenager, it's so much easier to just talk about your impressions in poetry is the perfect mm-hmm. uh, vessel for that.
0: I remember finding a poem that I wrote when I was mm-hmm. like nine or ten or something and it was one of I think I just encountered like sort of adult like beautiful poetry yeah. and I was trying to write it like and it was it's the most cringeworthy thing you've ever seen because it's mm. just like trying to use all the sort of like broken verses know, and like horrible. sort of dramatic words and things and it was like trying to articulate feelings that like I hadn't I had not experienced anything by then mm-hmm. it was just that it's very
1: cringy also because you know when you reread it you can see how hard you were yeah, trying. Yeah, totally. Oh, and so you were hard trying hard. so hard. It was so bad. It's so earnest as well. You can just
0: feel your little heart being oh, like,
1: oh, horrible. try and feel this feeling. Yeah. I put everything in the trash. I didn't keep anything because I, I found, like, entire boxes of, like, all of the poems, all of the writings that I did. And I felt so embarrassed yeah, for yeah, myself yeah. that i was just like, this needs to be burnt. Yeah, yeah,
0: 100 Put everything away. But, um... Yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, obviously now everyone thinks of you as an actress, but actually you had so many creative careers before that. Like You were a photographer, you've done modelling, you worked at an advertising agency. Like, When did you begin the photography and did you know when you were younger what you wanted to be when you were older?
1: Um, Photography was always, not always, always, but uh, I remember asking for a camera for my 18th birthday, which I got from my dad. Uh, it was digital though, and I went back to uh, analog like a few years after and i don't know I just started you know taking pictures all the time and having always having a camera in my pocket and you know, and I would do that in very special period of my life like mm-hmm. when i usually when I was really depressed mm-hmm. um, and you know i don't I, I don't know I would just take pictures all the time and learn as I went, and the other question was.
0: When uh what was my other question? I always do this. I ask too many questions, (laughs) (laughs) and everyone forgets what they are. Um, My other question was, I don't know, but I do have another question, which is that in terms of influences. So this can be more widely creatively, or in terms of your style (laughs) um, when you were younger. Who were they? Was it a parent? A friend? Was it a, a character from cinema? You know, the, the pink... If we're returning to a pink cap, it's a pretty distinct uh, item that doesn't come from nowhere.
1: I feel like it probably... As a child, I'm not sure I had one, mm. but maybe... Um, I don't know, like as a kid, I was a huge fan of Jim Carrey,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just because he would make me laugh so much, um, but... Growing up, it was more... My icons were mostly musicians. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, I was a huge, huge... And still am a huge, huge fan of uh, Nine Inch Nails, Mm -hmm. for instance. And the whole aesthetics of the band and Trent Reznor. And that, um, you know, led me to um, David Fincher. And, like, everything was kind of related. And as, you know, as for like women icons I had like Tilda Swinton was a massive one Mm. and um, I don't know I was inspired also by um, series at the time like TV shows such as uh, Six Feet Under Mm. who was very like I don't know it moved something in me I don't know what why how exactly but it was really strong and some movies also uh, like American Beauty or Mm virgin suicides and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just a teenager, but, you know... I don't want to say David Bowie because it's really obvious, but that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this kind of David Bowie without saying David Bowie. Yes. His presence is with us, but we have not name him, even though we just... (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that takes us kind of onto your second piece. Um, So this is the piece that reminds you of your career. Mm. And so for this, you have chosen the beige vinyl dress that I can't say, Nicolas de Felice... Felice. De Felice, um, made for me from scratch in case I got a a prize in Cannes, which is very funny when you read it back now. (laughs) You're like, in case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tell us about this piece. Can you please describe it and then also talk about that moment in your life?
1: Um, so the dress is uh, beige. So we chose the color together. So basically, what happened is like we walked the red carpet in Cannes the first time to show the film, um, and it was it was like a real success. And then the next day, Nicolas called me and he was like, "Well." I don't know why, but I feel like you're gonna get a prize for this. So do you want me to make the dress for you? And I was like, yes, but do you have an idea? He's like, "Um, okay, just let me call you tonight. We can choose stuff together and just, you know, talk about it. So he kind of like put together a dress during the day and we chose, he called me and he was like, do you like it? And I was like, I love it. But we we would just choose the color together. And as the first dress was black, I wanted to go for something really different. So this one is beige scent. Uh, sandy beige and um, and the dress is I don't know like you have the whole back um, like naked and uh, in front like you don't have like a collar or something It's really straight uh, like an apron kind Mm of Um, and he made me he made it from scratch because he had all of the measurements from the first dress but he made it in Paris and had it sent Mm -hmm. had it brought by someone to can like, on the day,
0: mm-hmm. we
1: effectively uh, walked the stairs for the second time.
0: Mm-hmm. The thing with Cannes is, like, you see that, you just see the sort of people, on, you never hear about, like, what goes into it. What, for you particularly, it was your first time at the festival, what was the preparation going into it, particularly because it was such a new film, you had no idea, like, necessarily how successful it would be? Um, what was the sort of organisation pre... Uh,
1: for Cannes, um, I mean, it was a lot of Styling preparation mm-hmm. because I needed so many different outfits for, you know, press uh, during the day, during the night. There, there was the cocktails and dinners and blah, blah blah. So I I needed to have get that in order, and that that's actually what took me the most time. But not for the rest, you know, it was just um, I was just trying to, you know, to, to think about what the questions would be about the movie and try to answer it like pre-answer everything in my head so i wouldn't be you know like scared of any or anything but that's it and i yeah and pre- to prepare it also got completely sober for a month and a half mm. because i wanted to to be like very focused and be in super good shape mm. and i'm really happy I did because i was indeed like it allowed me to not be tired like to like sleep three hours because i had like the party the, f- the movie party and then a radio show at 6am and not be super tired I was tired but it was way better than if I had you know drunk the whole night before
0: mm. so yeah. and were you nervous before or you felt quite by that point you've been through the whole process of making the film and you felt I don't know quite relaxed around that kind of thing no
1: no, no I was really nervous because it's a whole different exercise so it has nothing to do with um you know, when you shoot, you shoot a movie, it's not public at all. It's something that you do with a team, it's very small, no one knows about it, it's pretty, you know, secretive. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's, everything is out in the open and your face is out in the open and everything that you say is written somewhere. So it's like, I was really nervous about it. I didn't want to say anything I would regret. Like I, I was, that's also why I didn't drink because I wanted to be so um, clear uh with everything so yeah I was really nervous now it's much better now
0: Mm. but yeah it's
1: just I think it just you know it just takes practice it's like everything else
0: Mm. so yeah I want to hear a little bit about um you know life before the film, I think one of the things I said to you that is so cheesy, but it's like you're someone that you you tried all the different avenues in your twenties and you really found yourself you found your creativity and it was it's sort of a lesson that if you really explore your sense of self and explore your sort of all the different creative paths available to you, the right project will essentially i mean I know you worked really hard for it, but it will sort of come to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so tell me about all the things that you did. Ah. Um, I mean, you can admit, if that's... Okay. That essentially led you to the point that you're at now.
1: The path was very long. (laughs) So, I mean, I did a bunch of different things, um, sometimes by chance and sometimes out of, you know, actual will. Um, I don't know, like, because, you know, I had, like, most of the time in my 20s, I had, like... Five to six jobs at the same time, mm. including being uh, a, a salesperson, including being a bartender. I think, like, I had um, you know like jobs, and then I did. I just decided I wanted to be a photographer, so I just you know bought a camera and just myself <laughs> a photographer out of nothing. Um, oddly enough, without any uh, fraud syndrome, which which is really weird for me, but you know, anyways, I mm. just like decided. Um, and for the rest, like I don't know, I I had this embroidery company um, where I would um, embroider by hand that, like a thousand t-shirts or panties probably at the time. Uh, so I spent a lot of time doing that, but modeling also. And, uh, you know, every time I had the chance to be um, on the right side of the camera, which is in front of the camera for me. Uh, I would just do it so anything anything like it was a music video or like a short fashion film anything would make me happy that's also why modeling like it was the closest thing uh, I could find and yeah and I don't know at some point it just got back because I feel like if you work and just you know your idea is still at the back of your head and it's not going away I don't know I kind of believe I kind of believe in a manifesting and everything i think it really works that's also why people say be careful what you wish for because it actually happens
0: mm-hmm. so yeah. have you had any of that experience yet i mean like i don't want to get dark but in terms of experiences now that essentially something that you dreamed of is coming through uh, coming true are there any bits of it you find more difficult or that you're like oh i didn't realize that would be a part of the equation when i was thinking about being an actress as a teenager i never
1: really thought about the whole promo aspects of it and Mm. how tiring and how draining it is it's also really exciting and really new and it's just just so nice to have so many people interested in what you did so it's it's also really rewarding but I this is the part I didn't think about
0: Mm. but I people like me
1: asking you loads of questions what was it like tell me (laughs)
0: no
1: no but I mean it was it was it's nice I mean I'm just I mean as as of now like everything is really new and everything is really exciting so I'm I'm super you know, eager to know more and
0: discover more and learn as I go. Mm. So that kind of brings us to your next piece. So this is the piece that reminds you of a high. And for this, you've chosen the mm. incredible black Louis Vuitton dress mm. that you wore to the London Film Festival. Um, so please, I saw a picture of this. It's such a beautiful dress. Please, can you describe it for us? And um, also talk us through the process of choosing it. It's hard to describe because I don't think I have the English vocabulary to do it,
1: but it's like...
0: Say it in tra- French, it would sound much more glamorous. Ah, <laughs> no,
1: but I mean, it's transparent. It was transparent black with a big cerceau, like, like a prince's dress. And um, I don't know, it just looked fabulous. It was crazy, it was really long as well. Um, and it was great to choose it because I so actually, so there was the Louis Vuitton show that I went, that I went to And because I was going to London two days after, they were like, okay, you pay attention to the show and you have to pick up your dress from the show. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was just, you know, it was the best way
0: to do shopping. Yeah, like a fashion menu. (laughs) It's like, just pick what
1: you want. We made this show, pick what you want. It was so good. I was like, I want this, I want this, I want that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I went and tried it on and it was a match.
0: So yeah, from your experience so far, like... um what, sort of, what, what makes a good red carpet look in terms of some, or an outfit that you have to wear to a press thing that makes you feel comfortable? What's your sort of formula?
1: Mm, I don't know, like I, I would try things on and you know, if it feels right, it's right. It also depends on you know, the kind of event that it is because you won't dress you know, the same if you go to uh, Cannes or if you go to the Ville or if you go, like, it's very different. Uh, like Deauville is way more laid back than Cannes obviously or Mm -hmm. you know it's very different on like the Met I've never been to the Met but Mm. you know it's way more 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 so yeah I don't know I just try things on and I'm just like okay this works but I I like I like making an impression not gonna Mm -hmm. lie so if I find something that's comfortable, that I can sit in, that I can, I'm always looking for something practical as well. Like if, if it, my feet are hurting, just trying them, trying the shoes, mm. I'll just bail. Like, um, I want to be comfortable, be able to sit, be able to just, you know, move, um, and then look look great. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. and who gives you like the t- I always think that you know when you're new in these spaces who's giving you the tips who's saying like this one's a bit more relaxed this one's really smart this is the bible there's you know there's like unspoken rules that you don't realize until you get into a situation you're like oh yeah I mean about like the different
1: uh, events I had to attend I trust I would trust my agent at uh, IMG and also the guy who who is working with me at uh, Louis Vuitton Mm-hmm. Who's in charge of uh, VIPs, and he he would explain to me, like, this festival is more laid back, this festival is more fab, like, this one you can go for it. Like, mm-hmm. he would, you know, we would talk about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about London. Um, you live in Paris and you're very Parisian, but you also have such a strong relationship with London and particularly New York.
1: Yes. Does um, I, I I don't really like Paris anymore, but I haven't for a long time now. And there was, you know, a period of. My life I would come to London quite often because uh toxic relationship and and uh and you know, once I quit this relationship I didn't go as much. But I still loved it. I love London for many reasons. I love it because it's so big and I don't know, I feel like more free maybe mm-hmm. than in Paris. Um, I like the way people dress way more and the the way people English girls, mostly, mm-hmm. the way they don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really refreshing and really freeing. And New York, like kind of. New York is a little different. It's just like I spent a month and a half in New York and I felt like home mm-hmm. pretty much instantly. It was really good. And I love the people there because it, they're not like, you know, people from LA that are really friendly, but you the smile is just too yeah, wide yeah. to be true it's very
0: Stepford wise friendliness yeah. I felt very unsettled <laughs>
1: yes it's very. and if you're a Parisian it's like it's even worse because yeah. you're like, um, so I don't know if I feel people were like honest and it took you know it always takes a little while you have to see people once twice and a third time and a fourth time and then they're your friends and, but they don't go away mm. it just takes a little time and effort to you know build relationships but I love the city and I love Pretty much everything about New York. I even I even like the noise. Oh so, mm. yeah, it feels I feel great there.
0: Yeah, when I moved back from New York, I found it so difficult to sleep because I was so used to the sound yeah. of the garbage trucks and the <laughs> people were screaming. And I, it's like mm. you know, how some people listen to sounds of the sea when they yes. go to sleep. I feel like that's mine. It's like. Rah! <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I mean, uh, probably a bit late in the interview to ask, but um, you've had loads. Of, you've had done so many interviews in the last sort of year or so. Um, what's the most boring interview question that you wish you never get asked again? Oh. oh, what do you have in common with your character? Okay, luckily that's not on my list. But if it was, I'd be Thank like, you. I don't have that on my list. Um, this is maybe a boring question, but I think it's very interesting for people to know, and I personally would like to. Know. How would you describe your style? ever changing mm-hmm. like as I said like
1: I, I'm still doing what I was doing as a kid like some some days I want to dress like a princess and fabulous and just whatever and sometimes I and some days I'm just like huge t-shirt and I crocs and you know mm-hmm. don't give a shit um I don't know I just dress as I feel like as my mood uh, tells me to do like and sometimes if there's like events or stuff like that I would just dress accordingly but I don't know, like many people are just like, oh, you dress, you, you, you dress like a punk, whatever. I don't even know what that, you know, what it means. But I feel like it just means that I just dress the way I feel. And I, I love color, but I always end up
0: dress, dressing in black. So mm. I don't know. So let's move on to your next piece. So this is the piece um, that reminds you of a low. Yes. and so for this you have <laughs> chosen a cheap I have to say it, it, sounds, it sounds sort of sadistic but this is my favourite question because mm. always you get these great stories from people um, so you've chosen a cheap red mesh dress mm. that you wore to your own party hoping this guy was going to show up which he never did this reminds me i don't know if you've seen season two of insecure yes her ex moves out and then she's hoping he'll come back to collect his mail so she organizes a whole party and like dresses sexy and he doesn't show up so i think we've all had this situation or something similar in our lives and if you haven't then lucky um so yeah tell us about this dress um what's the piece and what is the story i actually lost it i don't know where it is but uh i think it went away yeah (laughs) with the shame
1: yeah yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it took the shame away. I. It was a dress that I bought for before the, the party. It was all planned out, and it was with this guy, the guy from London. Uh, he was supposed to come to my birthday, and he didn't. And I thought he was. He, he said he wouldn't come, but I thought he was. He would like you know do a surprise, yeah, which was so delusional. Um, and I don't know, that guy, It was a dress with like long sleeve. Very, you know, very tight, all mesh. So just, you know, wearing a little bra and panties. And it um, and was really short as well. So, yeah, I was ready. But, yeah, he never saw the dress.
0: <laughs> Prince Charming never came. No, never. Now he has been consigned to history. Yes. This sort of makes me think of one of those tough lessons that you learn in your 20s and then you get a bit wiser in your 30s. And you've said that um, you're so glad that this is all happening to you when you're 33 mm-hmm. instead of 23. Um, what other sort of lessons do you feel like you learn in your 20s that you have now taken into your 30s? Uh, I
1: feel like I gathered the tool and I, I gathered the tool and I built a whole support system that I didn't have uh, in my 20s. Like I know who my friends are. Like my actual real friends, um, I know how to be alone. I know uh, who I am. I've learned to le- to love myself, which is very recent, but it's really good. Um, <clears throat> I would advise everyone to work toward that because it's a life changer. Um, I don't know. I've learned obviously. I've learned like ton of skills, but as everyone does, and I. I don't know, like, I feel like I'm grounded. I, was, I mean, sometimes I just crumble and I, you know, I'm miserable and I'm a piece of shit, but, you know, I, I've come to learn how to accept it and how to get over it and thrive. Yeah, and so that's why I feel like it's so much better to encounter such a massive success and so much attention all, and, all at once with everything that comes with it uh, once you're, you're just like, okay. You know nothing. I'm not changing, changing because I'm. I mean, I'm not done changing, of course, because everything is changing all the time. But I'm just, I'm just like you know, welcoming everything. I'm super grateful, uh, and I'm you know, I'm just trying uh, to stay very grounded, and which is something I wouldn't have been able to do at all in my twenties.
0: Mm. And what would you say in terms of? tips for people that are you know methods that you use to find that sense of self-love if someone's in a place that maybe you experienced when you were younger where you were feeling not so comfortable in yourself mm. what did you work on to get out of that and what would you advise other people i would advise
1: i mean for me what worked so it's not something that works with everyone but it worked for me to and i'm going to sound very hippie but uh were like writing in a journal every day. I would do it at, at night because you know I felt like I could unload the day and go to bed, you know, uh, later. Writing in a journal helped me a lot. Going to therapy, please everyone, go to therapy. Uh, going to therapy, uh doing yoga every day. I did yoga every day for two years. Now like I'm I've been very busy and it's been you know very hectic but as now because I've done because I've practiced so much in a very like in a very steady way, now I know that every time I feel like unsettled or I feel like I'm you know, unbalanced or anything, I, I know that if I go on my mat, I would find this sense of you know self and center again. Mm-hmm. So that and meditation and uh, everything that goes with it, but and also like spending time with your friends. Um, do, I mean just do whatever as you feel.
0: And uh, you know, don't take decisions too quick. And this piece obviously pertains to a sort of romantic style. Um, so, what would you say is the way to a gat's heart? And what is important for you in relationships? This can be both friendship and romantic. Oof. Um, By the foot, question is too deep. You don't no, no, no. No, I mean, loyalty,
1: probably honesty, and joy. Because then, you know, I feel like it's important to just try not to lean into chaos so much because chaos is so obvious but it's it's good to have people that you know have uh have stopped uh, you know being rolling themselves in drama and everything like I'm just I'm so over that um laughter like I love a lot with my friends so yeah humor
0: a lot of that nice um good meals also. good meals yeah yeah but I'm a terrible cook, so if anyone cooks for me, it's always like this. I'm like, how did you do this miracle? Like, Because I have so little capabilities. Um, right, so moving on to your next piece. So this is the piece that made you feel a part of something. So for this, you've chosen your volleyball jersey. Um, so please describe this item for us. It was just a very basic um, blue T-shirt with a number on
1: it and uh, the name of my team on the, you know, printed at the back. Uh, so yeah, for obvious reasons, it made me feel part of something because it made me feel part of uh, a team. It was also the first time that I had something that looked like a, new, a uniform.
0: Well, I mean, we spoke before about you're quite a sporty person. Um, have you con- uh, Have you continued that like as well as your yoga um in your adult life, do you play a lot of sports? Mm. You
1: know? yeah I, start, I recently started uh rock climbing mm-hmm. like Boulder like it's very fashionable at the moment it's i know very cool to be but i didn't i didn't started it because i felt like it was a trend but just because i started dating a guy who's really really strong at climbing. you're like this
0: is a good view of your ass
1: <laughs> oh yes he told me he that he's like i'm gonna help you I'm like yeah sure but uh no just because i started dating this guy who's like very into it and has been into it for 10 years yeah. that i started so i started doing that but i'm always interested like a friend the other day was like oh do you want to come boxing with me and i didn't i've never boxed before so i did that like for a bit and i i love doing that i also run running is a constant in my life and uh, yoga is a constant as well mm-hmm. but i mean i'm excited by any kind of um uh, physical physical activity
0: mm-hmm. uh can you talk i mean you've probably spoken about this before so i won't so bore you about it. but can you talk through some of the like physical training and the endurance you had to go um go through for your role into tan because obviously it's such a physical role mm. so much of the acting is through your body and those scenes where you don't have a lot of dialogue how did you prepare for that oh uh, so i had i had a coach uh, that made me do uh, trx
1: a lot it was horrible no it wasn't horrible but it was very 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 hard because at the time i didn't have any muscles in my arms mm. i couldn't do one push-up mm. Uh, now I can do like 25 minutes. Um, so I had this guy and I had this uh, dance dancer, a pole dancer, uh, Doris Arnold, who's like a queen of pole dancing here in Paris. And uh, she taught me how to dance sexy because it's something that I had no idea um, how to do. And uh, also had a stunt training. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was this whole physical
0: program um, that I did for two to three months. Mm -hmm. and did that sort of change your mentality in your head did you did you notice because people say oh mind body connection Mm -hmm. like did you notice it sort of changed your
1: no I mean not really because I was always a very disciplined person Mm -hmm. and I'm very I love I love competition I love being in competition with myself like I have good I have a good drive like Mm -hmm. I and I'm very disciplined so it's like I have no problem if I know why, understand why, and I find and I find an interest in doing something. If I have to wake up every morning at four or five to train and
0: to do stuff, like i am do it. It's like it's not even a question. So mm-hmm. I was always like that. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to your next piece. So this is a piece that reminds you of a great party. And so for this piece, you've chosen a pair of cheap red plastic boots that ruined your feet without you even noticing because you were too busy dancing. So firstly, I'm really enjoying this, the cheap red theme. I feel like this was definitely like a moment. Um, Can you please describe these boots for us um, and the sort of this party setting where you wore them?
1: So they were really um, red cheap plastic boots. Boots that I, where did I buy them? I think it was Zara when I was still buying uh, fast fashion, which I don't anymore yeah and they ruined my feet because I loved the style, but i'm i'm a thirty nine and all they had all they had left because it was on sale all they had left was thirty seven mm-hmm. and I still bought them mm-hmm. so needless to say it was horrible but I, I felt they had a great look and um they were high on the on on the ankle like very tight very shiny very you know very very perfect and um except for the fast fashion part and i don't know and i went out with my boots very proud very happy with my boots and yeah and i i got probably really drunk and i stopped feeling whatever (laughs) happened to my feet and when i went home i was my socks were just covered in blood it was horrible
0: Red inside and out Mm. um so, uh, would you describe yourself? Are you like a party animal? Um, do you like to go out a lot? Are you more of a homebody?
1: No, depends. Like, I, I was never a party animal uh, because, first of all, I have no FOMO at all, never had. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm usually the first to arrive and the first to leave as well because mm-hmm. every time, if I feel like I'm tired, I'll just go home. I don't feel like, I no, I was never party anymore, but I love being home as well. Like, I, I feel like I have a good balance in my life with that. But if I go out, I, it's becoming more and more rare that I go out and come back when the sun mm-hmm. rises, like I'm, I'm tired before that. And also I have a thing where I'm like, oh my God, the next day, I don't want to have my day ruined because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm tired or hungover or whatever. So no, I value work too much. So I'm becoming kind of a nun now.
0: Right, so we can move on to your next piece. So this is the piece that makes you feel sexy. And so for this, you have chosen an oversized white shirt. Um, So, I mean, I guess this kind of goes without describing. But why did you choose this item? Because I noticed that it
1: worked on every man that Mm -hmm. I encountered, (laughs) that I dated. Uh, And I don't know, it feels good because it's really comfortable. I also never wear a bra, so it's very, it's nice. I mean, my boot gets some air. Mm. It's great, like I love it. And I feel like it's a great style with pretty much anything uh, below. Like if you're wearing like a skirt, it looks nice with a pair of jeans, anything. It's very easy, sexy if you like open it, um, uh, pretty like a few buttons down. Uh, Even if you don't open it, I feel like it's really sexy, like the look with the last button. pretty straight like no I feel like it's a great
0: and it's white so it
1: gives you a lot of light
0: so mm. yeah. um, and what is your relationship to sort of sexiness are you someone who you do feel like you dress sexy um, or even in terms of just your own sexuality is that something that has changed over time hmm good question uh, no
1: I never really felt sexy I mean it was never something that I was attached to you know looking sexy it's not a thing because I feel you know, as a woman, um, we can feel threatened like pretty much all the time, I just walking in the streets, so uh, looking sexy, I don't feel like was a way for me to feel safe. Sometimes I feel sexy, but it doesn't have to anything to do with my style, like I, I can feel sexy just, uh, you know, I just myself like some kind of scenario or whatever like I'm wearing this turtleneck whatever I'm like maybe I'm a I'm a sexy writer from the beginning <laughs> of the 20th century like I have this kind of like scenario in my head but I don't think that looks sexy at all I'm just uh, and also I feel like sexiness is is not just the way you look it's like the way the way you move and the way you know some some women are so sexy and they they don't dress like that great like the, the styling is not amazing and the choices are not great But they have this, you know, there's this sexiness to them and it's like, it's, you don't know why, but it's there. Mm.
0: And um, for the role of Alexia, you went on this crazy journey. So you were like the start. She's so sexy. Like, you know, you see her in the Mm. club and she's dancing and she's like basically the bait of all these guys. Um, and then she transforms and she becomes completely tomboyish And she's even trying to completely deny her sexuality You know, like binding her pregnancy um, How did you go about this like undoing process in the film? I mean,
1: she's, all, she's only undoing it uh, out of survival mm-hmm. You know, she's not denying her sexuality She just, like, she just needs to hide the fact that she's uh, a woman Because she needs to pass uh, for a guy um, and I mean, the transformation was harder than I thought it would be, because you know I shaved my head a couple of times prior to doing this movie. I bleached my eyebrows as well, so I knew the look. But I didn't know, the, I didn't know the look with um, a fake broken nose and like a pregnant belly and everything. So that was very confusing for me. I had a good week of being feeling not so great because I, we had. I mean, I I would arrive in the dressing room for makeup at 5 a.m., start shooting at noon until, like, 11 a.m., even 11 p.m., sorry, and then back to the hotel at, like, 1 or 2, and I had to wake up at 5, then 4 or 5 the next day, so I had very little time to just see my actual self in the mirror Mm -hmm. with all the prosthetics and everything, so I had... I, I kind of had to, like, dissociate, and that was not a very pleasant experience.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I imagine for someone like you, it's like you talk about your yoga practice and stuff like that. It's, it's so much honing that connection mm-hmm. with your mm-hmm. body, feeling inside your body, feeling confident. So to have to sort of essentially delete all that data or at least like put it to the side is very difficult. But we can move on to a more fun question now. Yeah. Uh, what do you find sexy in other people? This can be clothes um, or in personality.
1: I think like self-confidence is the sexiest thing, mm-hmm. probably. And humor. Mm -hmm. still I feel like those two things are the sexiest things Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to go with the way you look even though because some I don't know no it doesn't have to do anything with the way you look Mm -hmm. I feel like self-confidence is you know people who are just owning it is the
0: sexiest thing Mm -hmm. and then the opposite of that uh, what's not sexy this again could be clothes or it can be personality traits
1: or being racist or you know just having like shitty uh, opinions um, or being how uh, do you say when you don't want to lend money like you're very like, stingy <laughs> this is horrible yeah being stingy is horrible uh, that's yeah, probably less sexy a penny
0: pincher yes <laughs> being
1: that is horrible yeah. so this is the, le- the least sexy sexy thing I think
0: um, bad breath also yeah yeah that makes me very self-conscious mm. now i'm sitting on. no yeah, yeah. You're not. Like, oh. it's okay or when you put on your mask and you're like oh someone's rat smells and you're like oh my god it's fine <laughs> oh yes um so yeah so we have arrived at your last item so this is the one that got away and for this you have chosen a ring in the shape of an octopus that your sister gave you as a gift and that you lost twice but secretly rebought once after mm. the first time you lost it so please tell me about this item i am not proud of it <laughs>
1: And I feel really bad. And I hope my sister never listens to this podcast. Uh, No, I mean, it's a ring that she bought me for my birthday, I think. And I lost it, I think, in a public bathroom. I'm not really sure. It was during the day. There was no party involved or whatever. And I never found it again. And so I... I knew she bought it on Etsy, so I went back on Etsy and tried to found, find it. So I found it, mm-hmm. reorder it without saying anything to my sister, and, and then this summer I went uh, in uh, Ardèche, and there's like, the river there, and I went for a midnight bath, whatever drunk idea, and um, I don't know, I think it slipped mm-hmm. off my finger and I lost it forever. Mm-hmm. and I thought like yeah well, that's it
0: um, and are you and your sister close does she have a similar sense of style to you we are close but we have no connection
1: uh, regarding style whatsoever mm. at all she's a, she's very more uh, she's yeah more classic um, laid-back
0: mm-hmm. and would you say that you're an easy person to buy clothes for
1: yes I don't know no one really buys me clothes so but I like,
0: yes why not try just try you know, just try like, oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah I mean if you know
1: me a little bit it's not, I don't think it's that hard but I don't know I, I, as I said no one buys me clothes
0: so I
1: have no idea so well, I'm sure people will send you lots of clothes very soon <laughs> yes they <it>.
0: do <laughs> um, please do and who do you think is the best dressed person in cinema so this can be a real person or it can be a character from a film mm. Charlotte Swinton, Mm -hmm. probably, yeah. we're finished. Thank you so much for being on the show um, and for telling us about your threads of (laughs) conversation. Thank you so much. Au revoir.